0: And today, I am super excited. I mean, I'm bubbling over with joy. Okay, I'll just say that. And I don't do this all the time. I always get excited about guests. But today, we are joined by George Kinder. And if you don't know who George Kinder is, he's going to speak to us for some time today. But if you don't know who George Kinder is, shame on you. (laughs) Because he's done some incredible work in the financial life planning space. And we're going to talk about that today. So, George, welcome to the show. Thanks, Hemlin. It's just great to be here. I've been looking forward to this. So we've had some of your students on the show, but now we get to go behind the curtain and talk to the master behind the curtain that's teaching these students these incredible things about life planning. And just so that the guests know who you are, if you wouldn't mind giving a little background about yourself, Jordan, about the work you do, who you are.
1: Yeah, well, gosh, I've written uh, half a dozen books or so that have been published. There are about a half a dozen that will be coming out in the next couple of years as well. So I write a lot about a lot of things. Most of my books have been about money, but I also have books of poetry and photography and meditation out there and one on civilization that I'm very proud of. I introduced a field to the financial planning world called life planning, which is really about becoming who you're meant to be, really. And that's what's really exciting about it. I think why people love it so much, both clients and advisors, because it's a whole different way of approaching financial work. And yeah, I talk for hours, but I think I'll toss the ball back to you and see where you lead me.
0: So having this interesting thing, like talking about what you created with the life planning versus the financial planning and just like who you want to be. When I had Scott Frank on the show, I was just sitting here just like, every time he said something, I was like, oh my God, that sounds so, oh my gosh. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I need to go back and start asking my clients all these, like even the people that are already clients, I need to go back and ask them these questions. And I need to ask myself these questions before I ask them the questions, you know? And it just really, really infected me, if you will. It infected me and impacted me to make me really think about what I was doing in my practice, what I was doing at home, what I was doing as a father, as a husband, you know what I mean? And it just really made me think about all of those things that somehow, some way we tend to move out of the way when we talk about money. We just tend to forget about those things when we talk about money, like those things somehow lose importance if you have money or if you don't. So when we get into this, you can do financial planning without life planning. Talk to us a little bit about that, because there's a lot of financial planners, there's not a lot of life planners. So talk to us about that. a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, there's a way in which I uh, would argue that you can't do financial planning without doing life planning. And that argument is just simply that, who is it that you're serving? What is it that you're trying to do? If you're doing financial planning without life planning, you're probably relying a lot on spreadsheets, a lot on your education on your financial planning background, all of that kind of stuff. And it's all great, but it tends to be stuff that that is either draws you into legal areas, you know, what the law says, or draws you into selling products in one way or another. And in life planning, the beauty of it is that we put the client first and we say, gosh, what we really want to do is not sell product, not show you the most incredible way to structure your finance. What we really want to do is to deliver you into the life you most want to live. And I don't mean you're most financially outrageous. That might be there, but it probably isn't that. It's more who you really are. Like you were talking about it a minute ago, about being a dad and being a parent and being in a relationship and all of those things. So what we believe is that, I mean, you know, over in India, they may live several lives, but in America, for the most part, we think we live just once, this one yeah. time. Let's make it the best life we could possibly make. And so we start with that. What would be the best life you could possibly have? And we have all these ways of getting at it. And then let's put the finance to it. And what happens there, Emlyn, that's astonishing is that maybe it's obvious even, but people get in, if we're supporting them around what they love to do most, they get really inspired and energized. And suddenly they've got a lot of energy for doing things that they'd held back from because people had said, well, I don't know if you can do that. The accounting doesn't work quite or, you know, or their parents had some message for them or society has some message for them. Mm -hmm. And we just say, no, you were born to do this. Let's make it happen. Let's see how to do it. We'll support you. Let's look at the structure.
0: Man. So there's so many things like just talk about there. So when I think about this, the life planning in general, like you're saying, what's your ideal? Like, what do you want out of life? Like who asked you that in the first place? Like no one even asked that. I'm thinking about like, I went through school, did all my stuff. No one even, my career counselor didn't even ask me that. You know what I mean? And so to think that someone in finance, right? We all know that the financial services industry has some black eyes and some of them for the way that with clients and the way that we've done stuff. So to go in and talk about what someone wants out of life when no one else is doing that and starting the conversation there is absolutely incredible because it really just, even as you, you said it, and I sat back in my chair and I was like, And I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you and I'm thinking, what do I want? And I think that's just so powerful. You say that life planning is the relationship building methodology that enables financial planners to truly be a fiduciary for their clients. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. In some way, you know, just to bridge that frame with what we just talked about, in some way, I think it's the inspiring relationship methodology that enables a financial planner to truly be a fiduciary. and so. There's no question it builds the relationship. Mm -hmm. And one of the really cool things about life planning, at least the way we teach it, and I know you've interviewed Scott and Meg and how they practice it, is that the relationship starts by us not being a marquee, not being a poster, not being, this is what I do, and let me show you my PowerPoint. The relationship really starts with our listening so well. To the client, that our advice when it eventually comes is unerring. It's impeccable. It's so right spot on because we've heard the client so well. And that's a relationship building piece. You talked a minute ago about the black eyes. I'm ashamed of that stuff. Let me tell you I mean, I'm a lot older than most of the people who listen to you. (laughs) I'm 73 years old, and I am so ashamed of what has happened in the financial services industry and how it is. And I'm passionate about making it a better place. And the client should come first, people should come first. It's true all over society, of course, but particularly in finance. So we start with listening. And the first meeting is primarily just listening to the client and supporting them. And if they're upset, if they're worried, if they're fragile, I'm gonna be there with the fullness of my heart, I'm gonna be there. And just with an, oh, I'm so sorry. Wow, that must be really tough. Just really there, pause, quiet down, listen, and let them talk. And that builds a relationship right there. It's like the person realizes they don't wanna just sell me a product. They don't wanna prove to me how great they are. And I've already seen their website. I know how great they're gonna be, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But they they really want, in addition to all that, they wanna hear me and help me. And so that's the beginning. And then we go into the inspiring Kind of questions that we ask to help them articulate because it isn't always easy. Someone, what's, what would be your best life? That might be tough for someone to answer. So we might ask, what would an ideal day, an ideal week, an ideal year look like? Or we ask these questions around your legacy, or uh, we reflect on death, our mortality, and what it is we really have to do in our life to be a fulfilled human being. So that's what it is. It is a relationship-building methodology. It's an inspiring relationship methodology and it works and it's beautiful and it makes the advisor happy and it makes the client happy.
0: I love this. And then when I think about what you're saying, you said we start with listening. And in this industry, <laughs> we, we, don't let us get some letters after our name. I don't care if it's a CFP, MBA, RICP, whatever, the CLP, whatever, all the alphabet soup. There's yeah. no way. George, how am I supposed to listen when I have all this knowledge inside of me that I gotta get out? Like they need to know what I know. I have to tell them everything in the first meeting. Like they gotta know everything that I know. And so, what is that like? How is that process, without getting too much into what you do, but how is that process taking that advisor from, okay, look it, I know this is how you usually done things, you wanna tell everybody how great you are, but you don't matter here, because it's not about you, it's about the client.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting is if you, pull all that, I mean, you could call it ego stuff, but, you know, I mean, we are rightfully proud of what we've done. Of course we are. And we're Mm -hmm. proud of our knowledge and all that. But one of the things I say is hold your fire. I mean, they've come in to see you. They know you're going to deliver that at some point. Mm -hmm. Why start off with it? Hold your fire. And then you're going to be so on target with what you say. You're going to be so perceptive because you're going to then be able to bring the bits of knowledge that you have and they're vast and complex and everything directly to what it is that the central point of the client's life mm-hmm. is all about. And you can do that after an hour, an hour and a half of primarily listening and just going, wow, that's so cool. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. You know, Hold your fire because you're great. We know you're great. They've come to see you because they know you're great. Mm-hmm. So hold your fire. Then we train how to do that. And it's not just a mental thing because it involves emotional intelligence. It involves being comfortable with the client, talking through their anxieties, their worries about money, or their aspirations and their excitement, and feeling your own anxiety of being quiet. We train how to do that. And it's a beautiful training that enriches your life. It means that you're gonna be able to be, to listen to your spouse more. What could be better than that? Yeah. <laughs> Or what could be more important than that?
0: Let's say that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when we sat down and we talked to Scott, it was just like he was asking a few of the questions that she had and they were so, so thought-provoking because it was, it was stuff that people don't typically ask. Like, and not only, let me say this about the questions. These aren't questions, like some of the questions he had on here. It wasn't only for finance. It wasn't questions that no other financial advisor had asked you. These are questions that maybe no one ever has asked you in your life or thought that that you haven't even thought of yourself. And so when you're asked that question, I think it's important for us to be able to understand how to listen to that answer of the question because what we do a lot is cut people off before they finish.
1: The thing that I would just add to that is just to give the listener a, a frame on this is, it's really all about freedom. And when we think about How we haven't asked ourselves these kinds of questions. What we're really doing is we're facilitating a conversation with our client where they are unraveling for us what freedom looks like to them. And it's not like the freedom of Elon Musk or the Queen of England or whatever, it's but freedom that has billions in it necessarily. Rarely, rarely, rarely does that happen. It's more about our kids or about some aspiration that we've had in the past, maybe about playing jazz in a nightclub. It may be about giving back to your community in some way. A lot of times it's about being more truly who you are, feeling that in your work, you're not able to. Mm-hmm. And so these are areas where normally a financial advisor doesn't listen, but they are areas where if we bring the finances to bear, ultimately on those questions, mm-hmm. even on being a better person, what do you need to be a better person? Well, I'm working too hard. What does that mean? You're working, well, I'm working 60 hours a week. Wow, what if we were able to give you an extra 10 hours a week? How would that be? Oh my god. I could do something. I could do something with that. So that's the kind of thing you begin to look at that. And as a financial person, you know, you can work with moving from a 50-hour week to a 40-hour week or something like that and just frame how the finances would work on that. And oftentimes what happens because you're giving the client more of who they want to be, they've got more energy to deliver into the world the work that they do. So it typically doesn't hurt their finances at all, although at yeah. first it's scary.
0: And I think as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about the consumer, you know, thinking about obviously the advisor and the questions they ask, but as a consumer, as you're sitting there, some of the listeners are actual consumers. What kind of questions should they think about? Maybe even before they get to the planner, what are some of the things that like, you know, pre thoughts that before you're going to go hire a planner or things that would be on your right. mind. It's amazing. I mean, and they could you know, I've written
1: several books on money. All of them have these questions in them. And, and also we have a website that's free for consumers called Life Planning for You that asks these questions. But the three that I'm most known for, they're called often in the industry, the three questions. And the first one is just, it's like you win the lottery and you just fantasize. Suddenly you wake up and you realize, I got all the money I need, you know, for the rest of my life. My God, what am I going to do with it? Not what am I going to do with it, but how am I going to live my life? Who do I want to be with that? And so you just fantasize, you know, like going to Disneyland or something. Just fantasize. And then the second question is more reflective. And it's more a life or death question. That We move in that direction because what you really want here is a serious reflection on the purpose of your life. Why are you here? And so the second question is, if you went to the doctor and they shocked you that you have some ailment, you didn't realize that you only have five to 10 years left to live Good news is you'll be healthy during that time, but you won't know when you're going to kick off. It's going to be five years, going to be 10 years, somewhere in there. So the question is, what would you do with your life? What would shift? And most people pay more attention to relationships in that, their kids, partners. But many people, it's the bucket list. It's the travel. It may be uh, that they wanted to be creative or they wanted to live a more deeply spiritual life or more giving life in one way or another. And those are incredible to hear. And so we take people to them. We say, yeah, great. We want to support this. And then the third question goes even deeper. And it really is the ultimate legacy question. And at first you're thinking the wrong thing, but it's similar. You go to the doctor. He says, you only have 24 hours. Or she says, you only have 24 hours left to live. And you go, oh my. And the question is not, what would you do? The question is reflecting on what you'd anticipated doing? Who you thought you were going to be? What did you miss? What did you not get to do? Who did you not get to be? And the thing that's astonishing is that for most people, and I'd say this is 80 to 90 percent, for most people, it's the answer to that third question that matters the most. Because it is life or death. It really is legacy for them. So we make sure we train our advisors to make sure they all really listen to that question and then find a way to facilitate the delivery of what's missing. And in short order, in relatively short order, so that we don't say, well, let's get to this in 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're driving this thing very shortly within months and certainly delivering something significant within a year and a half, typically. So that's what we do. And that, that's inspiring.
0: And I think like, because we always talk about emotions and money, right? And that it's tied. So we had Scott on and I think he said something about the questions. Oh, I know. So long story, less long. I asked some people these questions, some of my prospective clients, these questions. It worked so good that I stopped doing it, right? Because that's what happens. And I'm going to say this when we were doing this, this is back when we were still meeting, like physically meeting with people and ask my clients that question. What did you miss? What do you regret? And I had three people, three different people. I mean they're crying. They're talking about family. They're talking about and honestly because I hadn't been through the trade, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know what to do at that point. I was like, "Oh man, this is, this is like what I was like, this is a lot of emotion. Not that I was uncomfortable because I'm fine with that. People crying and all that. But it was just like, yeah. now where do I go from here?" I was like, "Man, I can't ask these questions anymore because I don't know what to do after this big emotional thing because now we're talking about the family. We're talking about kids, some of the things like I haven't talked to my mom in this long and I don't even know why we're fighting. And you came to see me about money, right? Right. All of that matters. All of that matters. And I think that's just so powerful to be able to ask those questions like that.
1: Yeah. And a couple of things I can think of with that. And I'm so glad you tried it out and you you have that experience because you know that it is. It's very powerful for people and training is enormously helpful for it. You can also gain through rough knocks. You know, you just keep going and you learn, you keep learning what it is. But two things stand out in what you were saying, I think, that would be helpful for any of your listeners who are advisors in particular. One of them is that we don't try to solve the problem. So if they say, I love this, I haven't talked to my mom in so long, I can't even remember when it was. That's so moving and so powerful, a statement. And what a privilege for you to be sitting in that room and they're sharing this thing with you. And no wonder you feel a little out of your element because what do I do with this, right? But what ultimately we go to, not right then, right then we just empathize. Oh my, oh, how tough, how tough that's gotta be. Or I'm so sorry, because what we want them to do is fill the room with whatever they've got. Mm -hmm. And if you immediately go to solutions, they're not gonna fill the room. So here you've got them, they now trust you emotionally. You just go, I'm so sorry. And they will go further. And that's what you want because only if you have everything out there do you know Mm -hmm. what's important. But what I was going to say, it was the important thing is that where we go with that ultimately is not a therapist going, Mm -hmm. geez, you know, what happened with you and your mom? You know, know, oh, tell me the stories. What happened when you were six years old? And you know, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) We don't do that. Okay. What we do is we just empathize. They keep talking, whatever it is, they talk till they're through talking. And then in what we call the obstacles meeting, we paint a picture and we paint a picture. We say, hey, we're going to give you your relationship with your mom back. You know, that's going to be part of your dream of freedom is at least dealing with that so that you feel complete with it. Whether she's on board or not, we can't guarantee her. We guarantee you're complete with it. And so in the obstacles meeting, what we say is, so you haven't seen your mom in so long. How are you going to approach this? We just throw it right back to them. Mm -hmm. So we don't take it on. How are you going to approach this? Mm -hmm. That's clearly in your dream of freedom, to have this clean slate there. How are you going to approach this? Mm -hmm. And people know how they're going to approach it. They've thought about it. And they've just never had someone who supported them around actually doing it. And we're saying, we're going to make these things happen. Then the second thing I wanted to say, Emlyn, and I know we have time limits here and everything, but the second thing I (laughs) want to say is that imagine going through life feeling that you and your mom Aren't good. Mm-hmm. And you've got your career and you got your spouse and you got your kids. So imagine on the one hand going through life and you and your mom aren't good. So that's over on this side. Now imagine over on this side, you're going through your life and you and your mom are great. Mm-hmm. Just fine. Good. As good as can be. In which person do you think is going to be wealthier? To come back to one of your metaphors that you use a lot, yeah. which person do you think is going to have more wealth in their life? The second. Yeah. The person who does that. Mm-hmm. So this is all really related to, and ultimately really related to money. If you take those clouds that are, you know, pouring rain on your dreams away and you're on fire, boy, you've got a good life.
0: Absolutely. As I'm hearing you say this, and I'm thinking about just the pot in general, like, we you know, we talk about family, we talk about fitness, we talk about health, and we talk about education. And what does that have to do with your wealth? Everything. Absolutely everything. We everything. can throw emotions in everything. there. We can throw, you know, we can throw a few other things in there. And I think when we can draw those lines between how and why all of that works together, and you did it so beautifully right there with that simple illustration, right? You can enjoy your wealth and your health and happiness and everything else when your relationships are better, yeah. especially with the people that mean the most to you. Oh, such a better life.
1: Oh my, to clean, be able to clean that up. And as I say, sometimes mom doesn't go along. But if you do everything you can do and you feel really good about it, you did it with the goodness of heart, you're clean.
0: Man, that's so powerful. Like I'm just, sitting, just listening to what you're talking about. Talk about the latest book of, with the poetry and photography and reflections. Let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Oh, well, that's sweet of you to ask. You know, many of us have something different in that dream of freedom. And many of us don't feel comfortable talking about it. What well, we might not feel comfortable talking about our mom or our kids, or, or something else, some dream of freedom. So mine was really odd. I couldn't talk to anybody about it. The term that I had for it was an illuminated manuscript. I wanted to do an illuminated manuscript. Most people didn't even know what that was, if I ever mm. mentioned it to them. And why would you want to do one anyway? You know, that kind of <laughs> thing. And the other thing that came to mind for me was I wanted to live in the weather. What does that mean? Well, mm. you know, I just love weather. I love being out in it. You know, Scott Frank loves to surf. I wish I had that, you know, I was back again, I could do it. But I love being in the weather and I wanted to create an illuminated manuscript. So it took me way too long to do it, but it's freed me. And what I've done now, this is the second book. This latest is actually free. You can get it. It's a book of photography and poetry that goes through the whole year. Every week has a two-page spread of photographs and poetry. And it goes through the whole year. It's been influenced a lot by mindfulness practice and it's really about living in the moment as much as possible first of all the book is free if you go to my personal website you can get it in your email but I'm also giving slideshows and poetry readings at libraries colleges wellness centers all over the world right now and because this is like who I was meant to be you know <laughs> I mean, I'm known yeah. for what you introduced me as, but this is something that I felt called to do. So I'm very excited about it. And they're really beautiful. And the images, the poetry's stirring to be in the present moment, to be more in the present moment in nature.
0: I love it. And it says that the book is a meditative guide. And so you might not know this. I'm huge on meditation. I meditate oh. daily, started to practice the meditation probably 2020, like the last couple of years kind of mixed <laughs> in together. This is my fourth year of meditation. I do it. Yeah. So I, I'm big on that. Mindfulness, you were talking about that. Meditation, no. just self-care. I'm big into that. So where can we get that book at? You said your personal website is like georgekinder.com?
1: Kinder.com. Okay. And it will give you the link to get it for free in your email. We have various tiers of subscription, but this is all you need. I mean, you get, you get it free in your email. It includes an image of me reading the poem, the mm-hmm. image of the photograph, and then the sound of me and it's like a movie of me yeah. reading and moving into the image and moving out of the image. I think you'll like it. Yeah, and it will inspire you to
0: practice meditation. We're going to put that in the show notes. I just want to let everybody, because they're proud, because people are going to listen. They're like, well, where is it? we will put it in the show notes. Just click the link. You'll be fine. Yeah. Because I'm going to be clicking that link later. That's incredible. Man, we've covered so many different things. And I just love this. I love the life planning. But as you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast where we're changing the complexion of wealth. With all this incredible work you're doing, what motivates you and inspires you to continue to grow, learn, and lead? But where does it come from?
1: I want to address that where you're coming from as well, the Minorities Money cast. The thing that motivates me more than anything else, all through my life has been freedom. And different understandings of freedom, different relationships, but we all get blocked in various ways. And man, I just want to be free. So whenever I'm blocked in any way, shape, or form, I'm looking for where that is. My next book, I'm actually doing four more books of photography and poetry. They'll all be out within the next year and a half. So I'm going to do every single day. Now I've done every week, but now I'm going to do every single day throughout the year. So it'll be like every day you can just wake up, be more present. The other book that I have a first draft of and really eager to put out is called The Three Domains of Freedom. Here they are. Each moment... Is yours. And that's mindfulness. Each moment is yours. So we can access freedom anytime we want as we grow and strengthen our practice of mindfulness. Each moment is yours. Second domain of freedom, your life is yours. And that's life planning. That's what we've just been talking about. It's so important that each of us feels like, man, I'm doing it. I'm blossoming. I'm making this happen. This is who I am. Uh, this is going to be great. So each moment is yours, your life is yours, and the third one, and this relates to the kind of the complexion of money and to the minority podcast theme, I think is civilization is yours. And I'm looking at your t-shirt, and I'm going, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Civilization is ours. It is so important that we claim that freedom, Mm -hmm. making it ours. And There are times when we get knocked down. There are times when we have to get back up. I did an album of protest songs that had a lot of themes of the summer of protests in the cities a couple of years ago. One of them called the 99 cities that had uh, chemical weapons kind of used against people who were protesting. But I had a lot of themes in it. And I did it with my daughter. She was 16, 17 years old. She's got a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. And so we wrote these songs and sang them together. It was so special. And you can find it. I hate to say it's on Spotify because you know, <laughs> we're gonna, right. we're gonna, yeah, where are we going to put it? So the third thing is civilization is yours. And there's no reason why on earth is there still war? Why are people still killing? Here you and I are talking across thousands of miles. Mm-hmm. We come from completely different cultures and we're talking like best friends, mm-hmm. like we honor and respect each other. Man, that's what it should be. And that's what I want to see. And I'm worried about the environment. I'm worried about democracy. I'm worried about all the problems. And my thought is, it's time. I wrote one of my books, was Golden Civilization. It's time to make the world an incredible place where the world has been life-planned and it is Thriving with freedom. It's delivering freedom to everybody. I've probably talked too long on
0: this oh, No, 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 don't stop. We want to, yeah.
1: <laughs> this is really, really important. And one of the great things about finance is that this fiduciary concept that we have. Imagine if the banks were not just fiduciary to their customers, the way we think that's so important for us to be as financial planners to our clients. But imagine if they were, if as part of the Legislated law was very simply: you have to be a fiduciary to the planet, you have to be a fiduciary to democracy, and you have to be a fiduciary to all people above your own personal self-interest. Imagine if the banks had not lent money mm-hmm. to fossil fuel companies once they realized, "Wow, this is really terrible." Mm-hmm. Imagine if they pulled that even 10 years ago, 15, yeah. years ago, and just said, "No, we're we're calling all our loans." Would we be in the situation we're in with the planet? So I'm passionate about, you know, let's, I I don't know. I'm passionate about freedom and delivering it into the world and experience.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Do you think education plays a big part in wealth building?
1: Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So big. And really all kinds of education. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we think it's the professional education because I want to be a great business person. No question. That helps. My father did something to me when I was a young man. He was not a great dad. So I had one of these dads. It was really difficult. But when I went to college, he said something to me. He said, I don't want you to think about, this is rare, it might not be the best advice for some of your audience, but he said, I don't want you to think about what's going to happen four years from now. I want you to really, really learn what you are passionate about learning. He said, I want you to come alive in college. Mm-hmm. So he was just basically saying, get the best education you can. Mm -hmm. And I think the value of that is that we then engage more in the world in many different ways. I took a course on Chinese landscape painting, believe it or not. And it's inspired me, how I think about when I see a landscape, how I think about beauty and all of that. But yes, absolutely, education in every way. Entrepreneurial education, cultural education, scientific education,
0: totally. And then the last one, if you could offer a piece of advice to our listeners, or pieces, it don't have to be one, what would that be? Gosh, you're a meditator. I'm (laughs) going to throw that in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think the biggest one is be true to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, really watch out. We can compromise and then compromise years away. Compromise has some relevance because we have to pay our bills. We have to put food on the table, that kind of thing. But really really go after being who you're meant to be being authentic being the best person you can be and part of that i would say a great thing to add to that is establish a mindfulness practice and do it at least 20 minutes a day for the rest of your life
0: i would highly recommend absolutely i love it i love it so if people want to get more of George Kinder, where can people find you? Are you on social media? Is are like, where can they get more George Kinder? Because they're going to want yeah. more, George. They're, they're not, they're, if you just leave, they're not going to gonna be like, where'd he go? We need to get all of them. <laughs> well, for probably for the consumer, the georgekinder.com, you
1: search the menu, you can find other things. Right now, it's hugely on the poetry and photography book, but it has mindfulness and my other books and other photography and all that. And then the Kinder Institute, kinderinstitute.com is where all of our financial advice work is. And all the people we've trained, we've got people we've trained now, I think 4,000 people all over the world in 30 different cultures, 30 different countries. So you'll, you can find out stuff there as well. And look me up on Amazon, lots of books.
0: Nice. So yeah. we will put some of that in the show notes, just so you guys can make it easier on you. So we'll put some of the books in the show notes. We'll definitely put links to the Kinder Institute and georgekinder.com. All of that will be on there. George, I can't thank you enough. I feel weird calling you George the whole time. I feel like I should be calling you Mr. Kinder. I feel like that's what I should be calling you, but I can't thank you enough for stopping by for the work that you're doing in the industry. It's so impactful. And just even in this brief moment with the questions that you ask, the way that you position them. And then the crazy thing that you ask us to do is just listen to what people say. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I mean, it's crazy, right? So like I said, wanted to thank you again for coming on and thank you for the work that you do, George, you're incredible and the true inspiration to myself and I'm sure to the members of this community. Thank you, my friend. As you all know, this is Emlyn miles Mattingly and the minority money podcast until next time. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating. Would you, if you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do find our Facebook community, minority money VIP to support and be supported by others. Just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know. That really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or a CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F A N at minority money podcast so we can get to know you there thanks for being here and until next time